that is so true because you see, I mean, Instagram is like spot number one to get depressed about how you're doing in life. You see all these like the people with their businesses and they're on these jets and they're on the beach and they're doing all this stuff. And it's like, I'm, I can't do any of that. It, it's really hard to know what, what should success look like because your kind of perspective is getting clouded by so much other stuff you see on a daily basis. Welcome to Beyond the Dollar, a podcast where we have deep and honest conversations about how money affects our well-being. I'm Sarah Lee Kane. And I'm Garrett Philbin. We want to give you a space to explore your relationship with money, the guilt, stress, exhilaration, and fear. No topic is taboo. In this episode, we chat with Chris Browning, financial analyst by day and host of the award-winning podcast, Popcorn Finance by Night. We discuss why having a side hustle is not the answer to your career problems and how it can simply be a fun hobby that makes some money. We also talk about why it's important to get support around balance in your side hustle and why it's perfectly okay not to make the leap into entrepreneurship. I'm sure you know by now, Sarah and I love books. So let's get to the sexy offer I'm about to make you. Two free audiobooks. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at Audible. You can cancel any time before that, and you won't get charged. Plus, you get to keep the two audiobooks absolutely free. And if you do stay on, memberships start at $15 a month, which includes one audiobook a month, plus a 30% discount on additional ones. To start your free trial and add those two free audiobooks, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co backslash audible. That's www.beyondthedollar.co backslash A-U-D-I-B-L-E. And to check out resources we shared in this episode, including a guide to using your values and your financial decisions, head over to www.beyondthedollar.co. Get ready, grab a seat, and let's go beyond the dollar. Chris, welcome to Beyond the Dollar. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. We are so glad to have you here. And I'm excited today to dive into side hustles, entrepreneurship, and why that's not always a fit for everyone or not necessarily like the be all end all that is oftentimes talked about, at least in the circles that Sarah and I run in. And I'd just love to start off with just sharing a bit about where you are right now, sharing the job you're in, the career, and kind of what got you to this point. And then we'll go from there. Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, for me, my day job is a financial analyst. So I've kind of bounced around. Uh, I've done some accounting work, payroll work, and I finally found a spot where I actually enjoy work a little bit more than uh, <laughs> I have in the past. Uh, I don't I don't sit at work all day and dream about doing anything else other than what I'm doing. Uh, so, so that has been a nice change because my background is in finance. Uh, I went to school to be a uh, financial planner. Initially, that was my goal, but I graduated in the middle of the recession. So it wasn't a great time to find any job <laughs> at that time. And so, you know, I've kind of just like worked my way around uh, through different accounting positions. And I've always loved the idea of, you know, doing the analysis side of finance, which was kind of what I enjoyed about the financial analyst position I'm in now. I am a fellow graduate, well, at least in 2008. So I know the struggle being real of getting out at that point in time being like, oh, hello, this is not what I was expecting. This is awful. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I I was lucky. I think I graduated two or three years before you guys. And then I went to China 
and totally missed that whole thing. So. <laughs> That's a step we missed. We were supposed I, to leave you know, the country. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, seriously. Sarah, you can leave now. This is still too All raw. Right, Ten years later, it's still too raw. You can leave. Okay. And, and so what made you want to then start popcorn finance? So you're doing, have your day job, financial analyst, as if that's not enough work to do. You're like, Hey, let me start a podcast on this side. Well, you know, I think it was that, that itch to do the financial planning side of things. Uh, so way back in, I think 2009, I had a couple of friends who were still in school and they started a, a video game podcast and I listened to it and I said, you guys are doing a horrible job editing this. Let me, let me take this over for you. So I started uh, editing the show for them and then eventually I kind of hopped on the mic and it was just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And so it ended, we only did maybe like 40-ish episodes. Nobody ever listened to it. And it was, I think it was early on. I think at that point, no one really knew what a podcast is. So I know people barely know now and people really didn't know what a podcast was in 2009. So I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to do a show. And I think after years of kind of working in jobs I didn't really enjoy and still kind of having that itch to like teach finance, I started to think about, you know, maybe I can do like a finance podcast where I can teach people about money. And I came up with the idea for Popcorn Finance like three years before I ever even launched it. So I, I had the idea, I got the Twitter handle, and then I just got so nervous, I just never did anything. And some friends and my wife encouraged me, and I just decided to jump out there and do it. And it's kind of been my creative outlet and also a way for me to kind of keep finance and like the teaching aspect of finance like a part of my life and not have to kind of just go completely away from it. Okay, so we have to ask is how do you fund that side hustle because obviously there's production costs and buying equipment for the podcast like how, are you using uh, using your day job or is the side hustle pretty much funding itself so one thing you'll find out about me is that I'm extremely cheap so uh, <laughs> I've done my best to keep my operating costs like as low as humanly possible so I still do a lot of the work myself and I find the cheapest or free options I can for a lot of the things that I can without you know cutting back too much. So yeah, I do use my day job to fund it. So uh, I've been doing it for about a year and a half now. And so now I'm kind of getting serious and thinking, okay, maybe I should try to find a way to fund this outside of my normal day job. But for right now, I, I fund it all myself. Okay. I, I only ask because I'm married as well, is that for people out there, for your in your experience, when you were starting this, obviously it costs, like you said, it costs money. Yes, you're cheap. Some people may not be, right? But if you're going to approach... <laughs> you know, your partner and say, hey, look, I kind of want to start this thing for fun. I don't know if it's going to make money, but it might cost a bit of money. Like, how does that conversation really enter into the budget like, or the budgeting conversation? Or how did you approach it? Mm, that's a great question. So, you know, for my wife and I, we've kind of loosened up things a little bit. We had a ton of debt when we first got married. So probably the first maybe, I don't know, five, six years. I'm trying to think. I don't even know. I'm, I'm horrible at dates. I say, listen, I think four years is safe. For the first four years that we were married, <laughs> we had a ton of debt. And I think that's when I had the idea and I never actually stepped out. And But once the debt was paid off, I felt much more free to kind of step out and actually we could use the money to enjoy it. So we both set aside a chunk of money that we each can use for just whatever we want. We don't have to ask questions like here, if you want to just throw it out the window, go for it. We, I don't care. And I, that's what I used to initially fund it was just this money that, you know, I have for myself and, you know, it was, she didn't care because I wasn't taken away, <laughs> I wasn't taken away from food or anything to, to start a podcast. But it doesn't only cost money, right? It, it, it takes up a decent amount of time as well. So were there conversations around that aspect of it? 
Yeah, you know, she's been really supportive about it. I think she can tell it's something that I really enjoyed and work was really stressful for me. And so this was like my outlet. And I think she could see like I was getting some joy and relief and it was making me, I think, a happier person doing something that I enjoyed. But it is for sure something that I struggle with time management wise, because it's really easy to say, OK, these are all the goals I have for myself and these are all the things I want to accomplish. And I'll spend hours and hours and hours working on it and just completely neglecting everything else. And that's not the best thing to do when you're married. So I know she rarely says anything to me about it. She's really supportive about it. But I know I have to catch myself and purposely set time aside, because if not, I could sit here and go to work all day and then come home and work on the podcast all night. And that would just be my whole life. And then <laughs> And then the wife wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Eventually, I would be single again. So. <laughs> so interesting. It's really interesting to hear this because, you know, I started the side hustle with the intent of taking it full time. Right. And from what I'm really hearing you're saying is that this just became a creative outlet. So, yes, you're now thinking about it making money, maybe a year and a half into it, like you said. Like, why now? Why are you thinking about making money from this side hustle? You know, I kind of go back and forth between how I guess I think about the side hustle and my approach to it. And I think a lot of it plays with how happy I am at work as well. So those times where I had jobs that I've hated, my focus shifts and it becomes, all right, what do I need to do to make money as soon as I can? Because I don't want to go to work tomorrow. And then times like now where I have a job that I'm, I'm really enjoying, I kind of back off a little bit. But then I still think to myself, I want to kind of diversify my income and I could lose my job tomorrow. Nothing's guaranteed. Even as much as I like the job and the people I hope like me, at least a little bit there, they could, things could change. You know, the economy could take a bad turn. You know, I may not necessarily lose my job, but there could be cutbacks and my salary could get cut. You never know. And I always keep that in the back of my mind because for me, if this can become a viable income stream, it doesn't mean I have to quit my job, but it is something that gives me some type of protection and diversification. So if things do go south, you know, two, three years from now, I have something already established that could provide for me and my family and not have to scramble and think of something, you know, on the fly. I think it's interesting to think of the side hustle, how you were talking about looking at different jobs that you were in and depending on how happy you were, it was like whether the side hustle needed to make money or not. It's almost like it's a barometer. I don't want to say a canary in the coal mine. That's not a perfect analogy, but this way to be like, okay, if I start thinking I need to make money at this, then I realize I'm not happy in what I'm doing in my day to day. And that actually like, is that the route I should be going, right? That if I feel I have to make, like I have to make money off of this, then that actually could be a problem and a sign that I need to get another job where there can be that. Cause I know coming, I was in the music business before this and it's like, people love to be creative and that's why they get into music. And then when it becomes a business, like that excitement and that creativity dies. Right. So I, I don't know, is there a, a concern or have you thought about that of how to keep the fun in this? If you were, you know, as you give it more time and as you look as it, uh, something that can make you more money and maybe go full time even. No, dude, you're like reading my mind right now. Cause that's, I've been thinking about that a lot because the more you put into it and the more it becomes like a job, I, I've noticed my enjoyment does start to go down and I end up having all this long list of things I need to do. And it's like, well, you need to worry about your website. And what about SEO? And what about your email list? What about your advertising? And all this stuff starts to stack up. And I'm like, I'm not even recording anything. I'm spending 10% of my time recording stuff. And then the other 90%, I'm just stressed about all the other things I have to do. And uh, for me, I always came in from like the the podcast side. I I liked recording the audio, creating things. 
And I met all these bloggers and they're telling me about all the things that you do on the back end that's going to help. And it just like stressed me out. And I know for sure, the more I put into this and the more I started to think of this as a business, my enjoyment level starts to creep down. So that's something I'm definitely like balancing and trying to figure out where that sweet spot is. Because I, at this point, I haven't found it. I go from doing a lot of work and being stressed and then kind of taking it easy and then stressing that I'm not doing enough. I, I don't know if you've ever been there. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about a lot beyond the dollar. <laughs> yeah. Behind the dollar, I should say, is behind where we talk about it. Yeah. No, that's. And thanks for just being so candid that like that is the truth for you. Because again, like we're laughing because it's so true for us. And just like they're being able to always be, there's more to do. Right. And so figuring, I think it is really important to be like, what do you want to do for you? And not because what other people say you should do, or even what you think you should do because other people are finding success in it, you know, because that's a recipe to be unhappy fairly quickly. And this idea, kind of the idea of this episode is like, look, side hustles, entrepreneurship, like it's not right for everyone. And I also think that there are ways that are put out there that kind of like, this is what you need to do to be successful and that it works for some people and doesn't work for other people. So I think, yeah, it's that fine line of like, okay, I know I want to be successful, but really it's certainly for myself figuring out like, what does success look like for me in a space where success is often defined in a very particular way. Yeah, that is so true because you see, I mean, Instagram is like spot number one to get depressed about how you're doing in life. Mm -hmm. And you see all these like the people with their businesses and they're on these jets and they're on the beach and they're doing all this stuff. And it's like, I'm, I can't do any of that. I mean, I mean, I guess I can use my own day job money, but that's, I guess it's not the point. <laughs> it's supposed to be making this business and becoming successful. And it, it's really hard to know what what should success look like because your kind of perspective is getting clouded by so much other stuff you see on a daily basis. Yeah, it's true. And it's it's really interesting just from this conversation so far is that there seems to be this perception that side hustle is just like, oh, get a few gigs, make some money. We're good. Eventually, some people will take it to a full time endeavor because they hate their jobs or whatever other reasons. But it, it seems like there's so many possibilities for a side hustle. Like what you're doing right now is, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It's almost like you want to self fund this hobby and then it will become something more or some other people. It's like they're using it as a safety net. Like you said, maybe this will earn some money for an emergency fund or I'm diversifying my income. So it's not necessarily this like one or the other, like corporate job versus side hustle. Like you can have both at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things that I've noticed, too, is that originally I thought, OK, I'm going to make money doing this podcast eventually. But I didn't know what that would look like. And the more I started to learn and research, it takes a while. You got to build this thing up and there's so many avenues you can go down to try to make income. But what I didn't really expect was by doing the podcast, it kind of opened up different avenues for me to make money in different ways. So like from doing the, the podcast, it's just basically like practicing talking constantly and getting comfortable with. I guess your thoughts and organizing your ideas in a, um, like a, I guess, an easy to understand way. It's really translated to work for me because I have to give presentations. Occasionally I have to speak in front of large groups of people or just hold a meeting. And it's really increased my comfort level and my ability to think through my thoughts. And I think it's, it's translated to me progressing in work as well because it's, I think, overall helped my confidence. 
And then on another side, I've also been able to get some voiceover work because of the practice and the constant just using my voice uh, for the podcast. So things have popped up in areas I didn't even expect, which kind of have made me rethink, oh, well, maybe I don't have to monetize the podcast directly or not right away. Maybe there's other ways that I can use this skill to do something else. And what if you were able to stay in a corporate job that you really, really enjoyed that like allowed you to then have the freedom to know that the podcast doesn't have to make money. And I, my experience is that when you have something that you don't have to make money with, you oftentimes have the mental bandwidth to be more creative and not worry about getting the next gig and that it has to make money or it has to be this much money. And so you actually like with that relaxation into it can make more money or have more opportunities come your way with less stress and technically less work. So I, I wonder if maybe like just looking for a career and only taking jobs that do make you very happy could actually then make sure that the podcast stays in that right space where you really, really get to have fun with it and aren't so reliant on it that then you kind of squeeze it to this point where then it, it dies, at least from like a creative or enjoyment perspective. That's a great point that, because I've talked to some people who are doing whatever their skill is, whatever their field is, as their their entrepreneurship, you know, life, whatever, whatever it is that they're doing that they're working in, it's their own business. And they say how stressful it is and the pressures that come with you being the sole source of your income. And if you're working with a sponsor, maybe they ask things of you that maybe you wouldn't normally want to do, but the fact that you get the opportunity to have the income stream come in through a sponsor or through like an affiliate program and they require certain changes, maybe you're more likely to make that change if you need that money versus if you're saying, I'm going to maintain a, a full-time income somewhere else and this is something I do on the side, it gives you the flexibility to maybe say no to things that aren't exactly what you want because you have the flexibility of your day job to lean on to give you the time to you know choose things that are going to fit and work with you best. Yeah, just... Here's a thought. Just, do you feel like sometimes fear may be stopping you from really pushing the podcast? And I'm asking this because I think in general, there are people that, and myself included, who do have a side hustle and they really enjoy it and they do want to see where it can go, right? And maybe their day job may be holding them back, maybe not. So do you feel like fear is really present in terms of like balancing your day job and side hustle and really pushing the podcast to be more of a full-time gig for you? Hmm, that's a good question. I would say, I'm well, I'm very risk averse for sure. And I've known people who have started a podcast similar time I have, and they just go for it. And for me, I just can't, I don't know if it's out of, I don't know what I would call it fear, but more so my sense of, I guess, I have this idea of what financial security is for myself and what makes me feel comfortable, what wouldn't stress me out. And I know there's a certain threshold I'd have to hit before I could consider cutting back or going to a spot where I would make less money because I don't know, I feel like it would make things worse for me and how I think about money to just go for it. And I don't know what would happen. I could, it could work, but I could just stress myself out into who knows, who knows what. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like your financial analyst side's coming out. But <laughs> I got spreadsheets for all this stuff and it would ruin everything. Oh if I quit. my God. We love the spreadsheets over here. <laughs> The whole reason to go off and start a business is ideally to have it serve as a vehicle for you to live a life that you love, right? And I think that that sometimes gets lost in today's conversation with the goal being 
entrepreneurship, building your own business, which is this pretty and shiny thing. And again, Instagram pictures show van life and show all the travel that can come along with it. But I think the mental toll is maybe a strong word, but like the grind and the challenge and the fact that there are probably some people that get into it and it isn't the right fit for them. Right. And so I'm just hearing in you that, you know, there it's like, listen to that. Cause I know for me, like I have adapted to what entrepreneurship has required of me starting my own business, but it isn't always who I really am. Right. So I've gotten really good at being a systems and a decent, not as nearly as good as Sarah. Cause she's just a machine, but like pretty good at systems and processes. So like when I'm having client calls, I have reminders for myself. I get the follow-ups out to clients. I ha- put these things in place, but that's not my natural go-to. So I'm just like hearing in you. Yes, definitely listen to that part of you. That's like, well, like I don't take a lot of risk and I'll probably get really stressed. And that isn't the type of risk that I want to take on. Because you can survive and, you know, you can probably make it work, but is that how, will that actually bring you happiness? Is that actually getting you towards the thing that you really want? So that's kind of like me and my experience being like, listen to yourself, brother, you're on the right (laughs) path. (laughs) No, that's a great point because this isn't for everyone. Like not just like the job I do isn't for everyone. Not everyone's going to enjoy this. this. What I do is probably what stress some people out like more than it would stress me out to quit my job and try to do this full time. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do your job. Dear God, never do it. You don't want to just sit in a room with the Excel spreadsheet for nine hours. It's amazing. You got it. <laughs> I, I like spreadsheets, but like analyzing the data, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's, it's all about fit. And that was, that's such a great point you made because it's not going to be for everyone. And some people it's going to fit their personality perfectly, their lifestyle, the way they handle things. It just falls into that entrepreneurship groove and they're they're just going to, they're going to excel. But for other people, you can still have maybe the fun of being creative and the opportunity to run something on your own, but keep it on a smaller scale and something you do on the side and then still maintain that security through a full-time job. And you have that balance where you can be creative, but then still, not have the stress that maybe might be too much for you of being an entrepreneur full time. Yeah. I mean, so let's say hypothetically popcorn finance earns, I don't know how much production cost. Let's say a thousand dollars a month, right? That will cover all your production costs, taxes, et cetera. Are you going to be okay with that? Like that they'll never earn more than that. You're going to stay at your day job. I just want to say forever, but for, for the foreseeable future, like, would you, would you be okay with that? You know, I think I would be okay with that. And I think if you would have asked me that when I first started the show, my answer would have been no. I would have said no, because that's I can't live on a thousand dollars. And the goal is to live on this. And but now I think with more perspective and a job that I don't hate, uh, I, <laughs> I think it's easier, <laughs> it's easier for me to say, you know what, that wouldn't be bad at all, because it's just supplementing my income and maybe it'll help me retire earlier. And then I can pursue it full time at a capacity that wouldn't stress me out. I would say, Hey, I'm comfortable. I'm secure financially. And now I can spend more of my time doing something that I really truly enjoy. So then I'm wondering, is a solution not necessarily side hustle for people, but find a better job (laughs) or a career? You know, it's, it's, 
I hate to say that because I know it's not easy. Even now when, you know, when the economy is better than it's been and they say unemployment is super low, it's still not easy to find a job that's going to fit you because you never know. You may see a job that looks great, it pays well, and you get there and you hate it or your coworkers aren't great. And, you know, there could be all these other things that pop up. So it's kind of hard. And for me, it was really through like networking and building these relationships that I was able to finally have an opportunity come up to where I found a position that fit me and fit what I was looking for. But before that, it, you, you get like this hopeless, I think, spiral. And I think that's where a lot of the fuel comes to be an entrepreneur and to build something on your own where you're feeling unhappy. So it's hard for me to say, you know, find a job that fits better, but there's things you can do to put yourself in a better position. I think there is a lot of truth to that. And it's important to look at and say, okay, if I'm not happy in the job that I'm in, yeah, go look for another job. It's not necessarily going to be easy. But also on the flip side, one thing that I wanted to bring up is like, be very sure that you want to get into entrepreneurship because when you do, there is an attachment to, I found what I've created. And so I almost felt like when I was going to change or when I was going to quit my job originally to go from working at Sony to starting a music production company with two guys from college. It was a fear around, am I good enough? Do I have the skills? Can I actually make it at this job? And now I actually see, and I wasn't happy at my job at Sony. So it was more like a fear-based decision and a, like questioning, am I good enough? Will this work? Where now I see that like, if I ever wanted to get out and change, be awesome, not broke, like if it wasn't working, it's so much more tied to my ego. And I don't know if this is just me or whether this happens to other entrepreneurs, but like, this is so much of who I am that like there is an attachment to what I've created. And I actually see that being a something that's in the way of me doing a very, like what a financial analyst would do, a very emotionless assessment of is this working or not? So that's just something I've realized too. It's like, man, now that like I'm really involved in this, I am the brand, my ego is really a part of this. That's almost harder for me to get out of if it doesn't work. I, I could see that that would make it a really big hurdle for me to really be able to pull the parachute and get the hell out of here. Yeah, no, that's that's hard because you do become you become one with whatever you're making. It's almost like an extension of you. And you, if someone doesn't like it, it's like almost like they don't like you. And so that much more, if it doesn't work out, it feels like you personally didn't work out or you're a failure. And it's surprising. I something I think coming from someone who works full time and then starting to do this on the side, you don't have that same attachment to your day job. I mean, if someone doesn't like the job you did, you're like, well, you're still going to pay me anyways. It's kind of, it's kind of one of those things. But when it's like something that you made, you, you have this new attachment to it. I didn't, that's, um, that's really interesting that you brought that up. I never really thought about it that way. Cause it's, it is much different than, you know, a day job. I was say, well, you should be proud of what you're creating. Cause you won an award this year for popcorn finance, best new podcast. Right. So obviously you're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That was, that was, uh, amazing. It was, uh, something I, I didn't really expect. My goal was to be nominated. That was, a, that was my whole thing going into 2018. <laughs> I was like, let me just get nominated. So it was really cool to actually win it. Awesome. So last question we always ask guests this is how are you using money to live beyond the dollar? Hmm, that's a great question. I really like that. You know, it's been, I would say, after getting rid of our debt and feeling a little more secure, I think now we're starting to look at things that we are really going to enjoy and what, what's something that we can bring into our life that would bring more value and kind of bring more fulfillment than what we were doing before, which was just paying off credit cards. And so we started getting into traveling more. And what I noticed is that I thought it would take a lot of money, but 
now that we've we had the debt paid off and we're starting to save for travel, I've gotten into like actual travel hacking. And so we've been able to do this thing of like traveling around, seeing cities we've never been to before, all without actually even having to spend very much money at all. And so it's been kind of interesting to, to have this new perspective and this new opportunity to do something that we didn't do at all before because we didn't have the money to. And then now that we have the money to finding a way to do it without even spending, <laughs> spending the money that we thought we would have to, to start out. So that's kind of something new that we've added to, uh, to our life and what we've been doing. I say that's so badass. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. We really enjoyed our conversation with you. Oh, thank you for having me on. I'm really happy to have the chance to talk with you too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Dollar. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Also, if you feel like putting your money towards the things that really matter is a challenge for you, then download our values-based spending guide. You'll gain clarity around what matters most to you in life, be able to name your most important values, and start thinking about how to only put your money toward those things. To download the values-based spending guide, go to www.beyondthedollar.co. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Beyond the Dollar.